0: I love that music, Andrew. I know we've had a few comments about it being hokey music, but um, I know you spent many months trying to figure out the uh, washboard, and uh, I've been learning the banjo like a, a demon, so um, we thought we'd done a good job of the music, but um, some didn't like it, some have. We'll just um, see how it grows on people I. think
1: mean. uh, I think uh, you know, that's, you, you've know you got to do something in your garden and leave and, and learning at an instrument, and with my musical talent, the washboard or the triangle is about as good as it gets. <laughs> But, you know, some people, if, if, if they don't listen from Scotland, they'll probably think that it's, uh, the first comment from my mum and my wife was that it's the intro music to Rab C. Nesbitt, a, a very famous Scottish TV show. Uh, but yeah, so what's, what, what are we doing today?
0: I think, uh, look, there's been a couple of developments I've noticed on the red meat sector just in the last hour or so, so I thought that was worthwhile as um, a quick update to the listeners.
1: Yeah, so, yep, go on. Like, I thought, thought today we just part have a bit of a chat about some market things and a bit of a general chit-chat about things. Keep it yep. short and sweet.
0: Yep. So one thing I, I'd noted, we've seen the um, Eastern State Australian indicator tank a little bit this week. It's um, it's off about 80-odd uh, cents on the week. Um, and it, look, one thing that stands out, it's really uncharacteristic. This time of year in winter, you tend to see prices rising. And certainly, if you look at supply, supply is still... Quite tight, um, and that's normal for winter. So to see a a movement down like this in the land markets is a bit concerning. We haven't looked closely at the numbers yet, and we're probably waiting to see what's happening with export numbers to next month, so that'll be keen. But I suspect that um, if it's not the supply, that's the scenario, which it certainly doesn't seem like. Um, The only other thing could be that uh, demand's tanking a little bit, and my concern is, I know I've spoken about this in the past in uh, previous incarnations about how important uh, global demand is for sheep meat uh, markets overseas, and my suspicion is that maybe um, some of this COVID disruption and, and downturn in economies overseas is starting to impact upon offshore export demand. Is what my suspicion is, but we've got to wait and see what the numbers what, are. What,
1: what about local demand? You know, we, we're seeing big drops in, in demand locally for things like, like I know. Obviously, the two of us, many people know, we own a pig farm, so we we, we, we look at the, the pork industry quite a lot uh but we did see a big drawdown in the sort of demand for uh things like pork belly yeah the that's, because that's, it, cause that's, these, cause these are all food services thing but yeah that's about, right what about lamb like i know a lot of people and this is probably coming back from my time in the uk a lot of people don't like cooking lamb at home hmm. because it's so expensive they don't want to waste it
0: Yeah, I mean, look, it it used to be the case years ago that lamb was a traditional meat and it was a cheap one and, and, you know, it was a a staple of a Sunday afternoon lamb roast type thing. Um, Over the last two decades, we have seen a steady decline in domestic consumption of lamb. I think part of that's um, certainly price driven, maybe more in recent years when the price of lamb's just gone exorbitant for, for many. Um, but I also think there's been a, a general, you know, kind of slow trend away from it as a, as an item and as a product. And I think that's true of other red meats as well, whether that's all cost or whether it's also a little bit of preference. And you know, I think it's a, a bit of a combination. Certainly some of those, um, meat products like your chicken and your pork are a little, uh, not as stronger flavored, I guess. And, and certainly I've got a few siblings that don't like eating uh, lamb just because they find it too flavorsome, which is a, a curious one, but, um, yeah, it's a combination, but certainly the domestic demand's been easing over the last few decades, for sure. Um, but it's, it looks, it's fairly stable, I think, um, you know, the last few years. It's so, so, a-
1: so it's trended down, yeah, but yep. like we've had pretty good, probably, what, 18 months to two years of, of, of continually pretty strong land prices? Mm. So it's trended down, what, 80 cents, 70 80 cents?
0: You mean, oh, this week?
1: This week. Well, where where's yeah. it actually sit? Is it still pretty good? Uh, Look,
0: yeah, it is, if you go back more than the last few years, but if you compare to this time last year, it's probably down about a dollar and a half from the wind peaks of of last year. Um, And considering that the situation's tighter in terms of supply, you you know, the original forecast I was putting out at the start of this year prior to COVID was we're going to see, you know, record prices higher than last year, whereas this COVID epidemic's wiped away some of that that ability to really stretch higher. Um, But... If you look back, say five years, the prices are still pretty good. We're, you know, we're sitting around seven eighty cents a kilo of carcass weight for trade lamb. So that's, I mean, most producers if you had said that to them four years ago. They that would have, that would have bitten your arm off to, to get that kind of a price. So it's it's not it's not doom and gloom, but it's it's certainly just a curious sell off is what I what stood out. Um, if, so, but,
1: so let's talk about doom and gloom then. We've. Uh... There's been a lot of talk over the last couple of months about geopolitics and the black swan events. And and one of those that can impact on commodities is tariffs. Mm. And the big one, the big talking point anyway, has been that uh, that barley tariff, which has pretty much made uh, Australian barley into China uncompetitive. Uh, But there was a new tariff uh, this week uh, on beef. Well, yeah. where, where we've uh, increased beef tariffs from, what, 48 or 5%, let's call it, to, to 12%?
0: Yeah, but look, it's not, it's not strictly it's not a new, new tariff. It's not like the Chinese have gone out and said we're going to ramp up tariffs just from a political perspective. This is all part of the, the China-Australia Free Trade Agreement, or referred refer to as chapter. So um, as part of chapter, there was a limit set on the amount of beef product that Australia can send to China under the 4.8 tariff. And we've just reached that this month. So it's around uh, just under 180,000 tonne. Um, so now that we're into that next category of volume, um, that attracts a higher tariff um, due to ah, that, that growth, right?
1: So victims of our own success.
0: Exactly right. Yeah, we've, we've done, so, and, and that's a curious one because we've had not just the COVID disruption earlier in the year and, and ongoing, but also we had about you know, a couple of months back now or a month and a half back was the issue around those four beef abattoirs that got banned from sending product to China um, due to labelling
1: inconsistencies. Also, also, also the, the phase one deal as well. Correct, In, yeah. The US yeah. and China was, was potentially a barrier, but they're still, still uh, Well, yeah, record,
0: record, record flows. And, and like I said, even if you look back at the figures for uh, – the, the previous month, we were 70% higher than the five-year trend. Um, so it just goes to show that even with all those disruptions, the Chinese consumer absolutely loves Australian beef and was continuing to buy it. So, so, um, so,
1: so you, you just put a chat up on, on Twitter, and mm-hmm. I'll, I'll plug you, uh, meat underscore watcher on, on mm. Twitter, and, and it looks at the seasonality of, of beef exports. But if we look it back to, say, really, let's call it August onwards, there was a really big sort of linear push up from you know, the 25,000 tons up to like monthlies of 35,000 tons at the end of the year. Mm. So that's, that's a big jump. And that was probably what African swine fever would have been a big big driver of that. Yeah, well, I mean. And, 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 but, but are we going, like, is the 12% going to be a barrier to, to oh. imports?
0: I don't think so. I think given the the gap (laughs) in uh, Chinese protein availability this season, and we certainly saw it last season as well because of African swine fever, um, they're going to continue to um, show fairly strong demand for the product. I think the 12% is not going to make a huge difference for the remainder of the year. Um, But, you know, something. It's
1: going to be really interesting to watch that over the next Mm. six months. When when does the export figures come out for? Because the export figures we've got so far are up to. To May. When May that's it? right. Yeah. So when do we get?
0: It? Uh, the oh, June. August? No, no, The June figures should be out shortly. They're usually out um, at the end of uh, or during the first week of the next month. So they're probably out. They could be out today. Um, I'd have to check on the. Uh, so I'll
1: uh, we'll have an updated we'll up- chart soon.
0: Yeah, that's right. Potentially into early next week, we can see sure. what's going on, and that's what that's what I was saying about that sheep market. That I'm keen to see what the June figures show the sheep meat um, and to see if some of this sell-off we're seeing now in the sale in the yard is, is to do with
1: uh, export markets. So so, um, and- so a bit of a segue here. And uh, you talked about, again, the big thing over the last couple of years has been the African swine fever in, in livestock and, and China's sort of insatiable demand and it's hoovering up protein from around the world. So <clears throat> a good one to look at is, uh, You know, there's a lot of hype out there for alternative meats, or 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 fake meats, or faux meats, or Frankenstein foods, or whatever anyone wants to call it. Uh, So a good segue into that is uh, is beyond meat, and and we've got a bit of experience in that. Like we we are not we're not hypocritical, and we have we both tried. The fake meat burger. We,
0: we, we were sampled from the well of uh, the alternative meat products, didn't we? Yeah.
1: And I think I think the one thing is to be careful. It is still an agricultural product. Fake meat. very, very much because it is made from um, a whole bunch of different products like pulses and peas and, and whatever else, and a lot of flavourings and whatnot. Uh, but it obviously is made by different products which are then heavily processed uh, with. Uh, quite a bit of salt to be fair uh, <clears throat> but yeah they've uh, they were on the hype train for when they listed at the sort of uh, midpoint of last year which was actually around about the time that we actually tasted the burgers mm. and you know i had actually sort of said to my missus to to, to put sort of 10 grand on the ipo and she said uh, well i won't use the word to see shed but she is scottish so she's got a Gruff tongue at times, especially when I suggest anything. But F and the second word was off. Uh, it was <laughs> was one of the terms. But it, but it rose from you know it started off its IPO started off at you know, sixty five US dollars, and it, and it just hit shy of uh, of two fifty only a couple of months later. But since then it's really sort of taken a bit of a dive, and it, and it's sort of traded as low as about fifty four, and that was sort of during that sort of start of the uh, <coughs> the, the COVID lockdowns. Mm. Uh, because, but and then in recent weeks, it's taken another bit of a dive. It's sort of dropped about, I'm gonna call it 30 odd dollars uh, between from the start of this week to the, uh, the start of last week. <coughs> and what's quite interesting about it is that it's came from uh, a bit of news out there that McDonald's, which, you know, if you think of burgers, you do think of McDonald's. It's ubiquitous with uh, with burgers. And if you can get your product into McDonald's globally, you're on to a bloody winner. Uh, but McDonald's uh, uh, did a trial in uh, in Canada. And uh, they quietly uh, pulled that, that burger from the menu. They had the, what they called a, a PLT plant, lettuce and tomato, which I actually think is quite a good play on words, but that's neither here nor there, but yeah, they, uh, they, they decided to pull that trial and they basically put out a statement and said that at the moment they have no further plans to reintroduce it. So even if you think of it just from Canada, that's 1,400 McDonald's stores in Canada, and globally 36,000 stores. And clearly, if that got into every one of those stores, it would be a, it would make Beyond Meat a pretty strong buy. But you know, looking at the recommendations from uh, a lot of equity analysts, you know, it's sitting at this sort of uh, <clears throat> hold to sell now, and um, the sort of average price target is now a hundred dollars a share, whereas it was currently trading at about you know the one thirty to one forty range, so. So it's quite interesting and uh it really shows that the hype is probably not after those sort of initial after those initial sort of trials and stuff it's just not it's not selling well no that's
0: right and i think uh, from memory burger king also uh, had a trial and, and quietly removed it too so there was a, a hell of a lot of hype around it andrew in that early day, the days and we, we certainly tasted it and actually if we're honest um and obviously we're both fans of meat products but um uh, we were both quite surprised by how good it tasted, um, although, you know, the price point being higher than what it would be for standard mints, that kind of, I think, set it apart. But certainly, um, it, was, it was reasonably difficult. You could tell the difference, but it was very close to the, to the actual proper meat product. Um, but, but I think you
1: hit on a good point there. <clears throat> it was priced at a premium to the real deal. Like, I don't want to pay $16, which was I think I got a feeling it was $4 more than the real mm. deal for exactly the same burger. And let's be honest, it, it tasted not far off beef, but it didn't taste like premium burgers.
0: No, it didn't.
1: It tasted no. like a, like a cheap $2 burger.
0: Yeah, and this is a curious thing. I think there was a few, quite a lot of people that thought I'm gonna I'm gonna sample it and see what it's like. And most of those were probably, probably meat eaters. Um, and then- And most of those are said, yeah. Give me
1: the Give me the real deal
0: exactly exactly, and that's what we're seeing now that those ones that were interested to try to have now spent the money and gone away and and now you know that, that kind of flurry is, is, is ended but if you're if you're a fair income uh, you know vegetarian you 're probably not actively out looking to eat meat product anyway or, or a faux meat product uh, at any rate, right you 're probably happy to eat whatever the vegetarian offerings are um, and, and it's certainly you're not going to go and spend the type of money
1: that these products are, Yeah, because yeah, I, um, I remember I remember at a time, and I thought it was quite funny, there was a lot of reviews out saying, uh, like on sort of vegan blogs, and there's a lot of vegan blogs, by the way, if you search for them, basically started saying along the lines of, oh, it tastes like the real deal. And then you're saying, I thought to myself, well, come on, mate, you're, uh, you've got a blog there about how you've been a vegan since you were 10 years old. You know, how do you know what it tastes like? (laughs) Mm. The only people who can really judge it uh, are, you know, as carnivores and omnivores.
0: Mm. And that's the thing that, uh, you know, I think that there could be a space for this product and a significant space for this product into the future, but I think that realistically it's only going to be the case when it's at a price point that's actually below... Yeah, you know, even your even your probably you, you meat cuts that are
1: that are the lower end yeah, cuts, I, and and that's, that's that's where I reckon it is. The sort of thing of, look, I think beyond meat is the share price is probably going to, you know, stabilise or drop, and but and it's going to be drops. They, a lot of these trials have dropped off, but it's not. Uh, I guess uh, people, farmers or, or livestock farmers at least probably shouldn't sort of be complacent about it. Because we know technology. When you went on, I was going to say a DVD player, Matt. And you're a bit older. When you bought your first cassette player, you know it would have been it would have been expensive. You know, and then a couple of years later, that cassette player would have been you know a tenth of the price.
0: And Andrew, Andrew, I'm old enough to remember
1: when, when you bought when
0: when you bought your first uh, LP. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say um, with those old cassette tapes, where to get any kind of music, uh, you know, without. Without paying for it, of course. Uh, not that I recommend any piracy, but when you're young and when you're young, young and inexperienced, injury, you do these silly things and and take things you shouldn't. But you'd sit there on your top 40 uh, yeah, yeah. countdown, waiting for the, <laughs> yes. the song so, to come.
1: <laughs> the, the, the Sunday evening uh, Dr. That's Fox's it. top 40. That's
0: but, it. but then, if the, <laughs> if, the, if the DJ announcer spoke over the top of the bloody uh, song, you'd get angry at him because you've been waiting for 20 minutes to get this song recorded and then yeah they, you know, they spoke all the way through the first bit of it. Anyway,
1: let's get away from memory lane of your time <laughs> in Dandenong pirating music because Sony's about to call you with a claim uh, <clears throat> but anyway what, what I was actually trying to say was that development costs become lower and production costs become cheaper and technology improves so at some point like maybe 10 maybe 20 years time there is a chance that a burger will like a fake meat burger will become close to indistinguishable from the real deal
0: mm. or even to and, use the and, and
1: and it'll be held a lot cheaper yeah extension. or you
0: can you can use that mince product the, the plant mince product that that replicates a mince beef or mince whatever um in a lasagna and in a moussaka or in some kind of a you know meatball type product where you're adding other ingredients and the meat is is part of the you know and, th- and meal.
1: this and this and this is where the, the the sort of the livestock meat industry has to really push that uh, natural clean and green uh, credentials that, that we do have. and and so like it tastes good. It's natural and whatnot. Right, I So, so yeah. Like I think it's it's interesting that it has sort of gone out of favour. And I think anecdotally, you know, I remember at the start of that uh, you know panic buying that we had in Victoria. You know, you couldn't get beef mince or turkey mince, pork mince, or <clears throat> any sort of mince or any sort of meat product that had a that had a heartbeat. But yeah, all, all, all the fake meat was uh, <laughs> was all on the shelves. <laughs> it was on the shelves. <laughs> that's it. So
0: that's uh, so, look,
1: it. So look, it's it's probably it, down. But
0: it's down, but it's not out. It's not. Yeah, it's it's just had a bit of a stumble. But let's just wait and see out rebounds once it becomes a bit more cost effective
1: So yeah, so that's really probably all all for this first first kind of real market chit chat. Not going to call it market update. We we'll call it chit chat. Uh, We'll have some more news out on well, what is it? Friday, the the third of July. We'll have some more news out on on Monday uh, about what our plans are. It's exciting! It's exciting, yeah. Andrew. And uh, yeah, also, sorry, just leave this one here. And yep, if I'll you, grab your banjo. I'll
0: just grab your banjo.
1: You just grab it in a minute. Just I'm just getting the washboard, of, you know, limbering up. Uh, but again. We uh, thank everyone else for the support. We thank everyone for the, for the likes. Um, apart from that one, one, one star like, which yeah, we've got to, we suspect we know who it is. not very <laughs> Nice of them, but you know. Can't please everyone. Can't please everyone. Two, two young lads, or one young lad and one <laughs> older lad, just trying to trying to make a make our way of, in the world, try, make our way in the world, and, and do the right thing for the industry. Give it up. All right. Shall I count us? Shall I count
0: us in? You ready? Count in. Yeah. All right. One, two, three.